Masech's Yuma Perak Ches Mishnah Aleph until Perak Ches Mishnah Dalad. The final Perak of the Masechta discusses the laws which apply even outside of the Beis HaMikdosh, and so they would apply even nowadays. And it is learnt from the fact that the Torah says five times that one is supposed to afflict oneself on Yom Kippur. You shall afflict yourselves. It says that five times, and we learn from there that there are five ways in which one is obligated to afflict themselves on Yom Kippur. Says the Mishnah Yom Asur. The following things are forbidden on Yom Kippur: Bachila, eating of Ishsia, drinking. That's counted as one, eating and drinking. Number two, over a washing oneself with water, over sicha, rubbing oil on one's body, over inesa sandal, wearing leather shoes, over sashmit hamita, and having marital relations. Now, though all of these things are forbidden, the punishment for eating or drinking is far more severe. The punishment is kores. The Torah explicitly says somebody who eats on Yom Kippur receives the punishment of kores, where he is, so to speak, cut off from Hashem, the most severe punishment. But this punishment does not apply to the other five, the other four in Nuyim. The other four ways in which one has to afflict themselves. Now there is a very big machlokas rishonim as to whether that means that all of the other inuyim, all of the other afflictions such as washing oneself and rubbing oil on one's body, wearing shoes or having marital relations, they are all only forbidden midrabbanon. And the Pesukim are just hints in the Torah, known as an asmachta. An asmachta is when the rabbanon make a law and then they find a sort of hint or possibly a memory aid in the Torah which relates to that rabbinic law. So many Rishonim understand that the other four Inuyim are all Midrabbanon. However, there are also many Rishonim who learn that the other four Inuyim are also forbidden Midraisa. But since the punishment of Koris is only written in one of the five Inuyim, so it only applies to one of those, namely eating and drinking. Now, Abeliezer now makes a few leniencies, and he says that Vahamelech, a king, Vahakala, Vahakala and a bride, a newly married woman, who got married within 30 days before Yom Kippur, Yirchatsu Espanayim, they are allowed to wash their faces. Part of being a king is that he has to look very respectable, and a bride is also allowed to so that she looks attractive for her husband in their new marriage, Vahachaya, and a woman who has just given birth, Tinel Sasandal, she is allowed to wear leather shoes. The reason being that if she doesn't wear proper shoes, then the coldness of the floor can damage her health, it can cause her harm, or it could cause her pain, and because of that, she is allowed to wear shoes. And the main reason for all of these three leniencies is because the Chamisha in Nuyim, the five ways in which one has to afflict themselves in Yom Kippur, are all in order to avoid pleasure. Now the king washing his, fi- his face, for example, he doesn't do that for pleasure. He does that because he needs to look respectable, that's part of the job of being a king. So these people are not washing their faces or wearing shoes for the pleasure of it, and therefore it is not included in the prohibition of the Chamish Reinuyim. Div Rebeliezer, that is the opinion of Rebeliezer. However, the Chachomim forbid it, because at the end of the day they do derive pleasure from this, and it is included in the prohibition of the five Inuyim. Mr. Bates, when it comes to most prohibitions in the Torah to eat something, one is liable for having eaten it only if he eats at least a kazayas of that food, at least the size of an olive. However, when it comes to Yom Kippur, one is only chayev kores, or if he did it unintentionally, he would be chayev a korban chatos, but he is only liable if he eats more than a kazayas. Only if he eats the size of a large date, including the date itself and its inside pit, so the size of the entire date, that is the minimum shear, that is the minimum amount in order to be chayev. The reason being that when it comes to not eating on your kippur, that is just a manifestation of the chamisha inuyim. It's not a prohibition against eating. 
the prohibition is against enjoying oneself. The Torah says you have to afflict yourself. Now, how exactly do you afflict yourself so you can't eat? But it's not that the Torah said that this item of food is considered a forbidden item. Rather, it said that this person needs to afflict himself. Now, how exactly is he going to afflict himself? By not eating. Now, if one is fasting and he eats only a kazais of food, then he still feels very hungry. And because of that, it's still considered to be afflicting himself. Only once he eats the size of a large date, which is larger than a kazais, only then is it considered to be against the inuri of not eating. Alright, now when it comes to drinking, which literally means one who drinks enough to fill both of his cheeks, so an entire mouthful, such that both of his cheeks would poke out a bit, where the Gemara explains that really it's as if the Mishnah had said, one who drinks an amount which is like a full mouthful, and that is that really it only has to fill up one side of his mouth, one cheekful, such that if somebody would be looking from that side, they would think that his mouth is totally full. But really, only one half of his mouth has to be full of the liquid. Once he drinks that amount, that is considered to be not afflicting himself anymore, and therefore Chayev, he would be liable to the punishment of Koris if he did it intentionally. And if it was by mistake, then he would have to bring a Korban Chatos instead. Now, when we counted the Chamisha Inuyim, we mentioned that eating and drinking is counted as one. Because drinking is just another form of eating. However, when it comes to the question of whether one is afflicting oneself or not, so we don't consider eating and drinking the exact same thing. So for example, if somebody ate just less than the size of a large date of food, so he wasn't quite high for that amount, and then he drank just under the minimum amount to be high for drinking. We do not say that since eating and drinking are considered to be the same thing, and part of the same category of affliction, so you would be chayev, because we would combine the amounts that you ate and drank, such that you would be chayev. We don't say that, because when it comes to whether you are afflicting yourself or not, you still feel very hungry if you ate less than the size of a date, and you still feel thirsty if you drank less than a cheekful. Combining the two doesn't mean that you are afflicting yourself anymore. And so the Mishnah says, All different types of food do combine together to make up the size of a date. Even if it's different types of food, they would combine, because at the end of the day, if you eat a seves of solid food, so you start to feel that hungry, you are no longer afflicting yourself. As well as that, All different types of liquids also join together to make up the minimum amount of a cheekful. However, one who eats and drinks, the food and drink do not combine together because it is still considered to be afflicting oneself. Mr. Gimel, there is a general rule when it comes to Shabbos and certain other laws, such as Yom Kippur, but first we'll explain using an example of Shabbos. If, for example, somebody does a particular malacha on Shabbos, there are 39 categories of forbidden work on Shabbos, and one is liable to bring a korban chatos if he does it unintentionally for each malacha that he performs. Now, if, let's say, he forgot that it was Shabbos that day, and he performed five different categories of work before he realized that it was actually Shabbos and it was forbidden to do so. So in that case, he would be liable to bring five korbanes chatos. However, if he performs the same category of work five times, and he didn't realize it was Shabbos in the middle, so that is considered to be all part of one big avera that he would only be chayav one korban chatos for doing that. Now what happens if he forgets it's Shabbos, so he performs a particular malacha, and then he realizes, oh, it's Shabbos, and then later on that day he forgets it's Shabbos again, and he performs exactly the same type of malacha. So here, since he remembered in the middle that it was Shabbos, these are considered to be two separate periods for which he would be chayev not to bring just one chatos, but would have to bring two different korbanes chatos. So the Mishnah is going to say a very similar idea with regards to eating and drinking on Yom Kippur. 
If one ate and drank on your Kippur in one period of forgetting that it was forbidden to do so. Either he forgot that it was Yom Kippur, or he forgot that it was forbidden to eat or drink on Yom Kippur. Be it as it may, he may have eaten and drank lots of things, but since he didn't remember in the middle that it was forbidden to do so, it's considered like one Avera, which they are all part of that one larger Avera, and Enochayv Elchatos Achas, he is only obligated to bring one carbon Chatos. And it should be noted that eating and drinking are not considered to be like two different categories of work. It's considered to be uh, the equivalent of one category, since it's all part of the same Inui, the same affliction, eating and drinking. Drinking is just a form of eating. So because of that, one is only liable to one carbon Chatos. However, Ochav Osmalacha. If let's say he forgot it was Yom Kippur, and he ate and he did Melacha, he performed work on Yom Kippur. So of course, eating and performing work are not part of the same Avera. It's two totally separate Averas. So even though it was done by Echad, in one period of not realizing it was Yom Kippur, or not realizing it was forbidden to do so, since they are considered to be two totally separate prohibitions, Chayv he is liable to bring two Korbanes Chatos for doing so. Now the Mishnah ends off by telling us that If he ate food which is not fit for eating, or he, ate, he drank liquids which are not fitting to be drank, or if he drank fish brine, the salty liquid which comes from fish, some sort of fish juice again, pottery is exempt because since these things are never meant to be drank by themselves, one generally dips things like bread into them, so it's not considered to be a significant eating or drinking, and therefore one is exempt for doing so, although ideally it is forbidden Midirabonon to even eat or drink things like that. Mishnah Dalit, there are multiple ways to understand the following Mishnah, we will explain one particular way. Hatinoikos, children, one does not make them fast on Yom Kippur, one can allow them to eat as usual. But we do educate them to begin fasting before the year or two years before he becomes Barabbas Mitzvah so that he will be used to performing the mitzvahs and be able to do so after his bar mitzvah already, or after Shir's bas mitzvah, as he would have practiced already before. Now the mission implies that there are two different periods of educating the child. One is the year or two years before they become bar bas mitzvah, so when the boy is aged 12 or 11, and when the girl is aged 11 or 10. And as well as that, the Mishnah is telling us that one should start educating them before Lifneishana, before this year, or before this two years. So when the boy is only 10 years old, and when the girl is only 9 years old. And so the Gemara explains that when the girl is 9 years old, and the boy is 10 years old, so then we educate the child to fast for a few hours, or maybe even one hour more than he usually does. If, let's say, he usually eats at 9 o'clock in the morning, so he should only eat at 10 o'clock in the morning that day. And then when the girl is aged 10 or 11, or the boy is aged 11 or 12, then he should try and fast the entire day. Now the reason why the Mishnah says one year or two years is because it depends on the strength of the child. If it happens to be quite a weak child who needs to eat more, then he would only start fasting the full day, let's say the year before, when he is age 12. Whereas a stronger child who is able to fast for more hours, or more easily, so he would already start fasting the entire day for two years prior to him becoming Bar Mitzvah.